Welcome to Apparently Speaking, the podcast from Northeast Ohio Parent Magazine, with your host, Miriam Connor. Hi, this is Miriam. Welcome to the latest episode of Apparently Speaking, where I'll be discussing bullying with licensed school psychologist Jess Nagy. This episode is sponsored by Montrose Mazda Kent. They go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at MazdaKent.com. Jess earned her Bachelor of Science from California State University, Fresno, and her Master's of Education in School Psychology from Kent State University. She also earned an Education Specialist in School Psychology degree from Kent State. She is currently a school psychologist through Canton City Schools, in addition to having a private independent license through the Ohio Board of Psychology. Jessica is the mother of four children, and so welcome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Yes, I I know bullying is a topic that, you know, I get asked about a lot. I'm sure, obviously, you do in your position at school, and that's just something that a lot of parents are concerned about, so I'm glad that you're here to talk about that with me. Glad to be here. Yeah, so... um, I know that you recently attended a training, right? That's correct. Um, by an internationally renowned bullying expert, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe what were a couple key points from that? Um, this is amazing what sort of what the, the trends are in the schools and in the, in the country sort of addressing not only bullying but sort of where it stems from, which, w- which really is about the social-emotional development of kids. And a lot of school districts are taking that seriously and realizing that some things that are defined as bullying really aren't bullying but sort of just behaviors and self-regulating of emotions that kids – aren't necessarily getting sort of those lessons at home and then come to school and are bringing to the table at school whatever they are experiencing at home. So we're addressing social-emotional needs, and a lot of it comes from the Centers of Disease Control and their StopBullying.gov initiative. Okay, and I'm glad that you mentioned that because um, one thing that you mentioned, you know, I think that it's become much more prevalent, you know, in the, the education. We're educating the kids on bullying, and there's all kinds of programs in schools, which is great and necessary. But um, maybe that has created, and correct me if I'm wrong, where, you know, some kids, and I know my daughter when she was much younger would say this, you know, I got bullied today. And I'm like, what happened? And, and it was like, you know, she wasn't bullied. Somebody said something that wasn't nice, you know, and I'm like, well, that's not, that doesn't mean you were bullied. They said something that wasn't nice. They shouldn't have said it, but let's talk about the difference. But I think that, you know, maybe do you see that as well, that a lot of kids like I'm being bullied, they're bullying me. And like I said, maybe the kid's probably being mean, but there's a difference. Yes, absolutely. And and each state sort of, sort of defines bullying. And there is data that's, that's sort of taken from each state from the schools, they do have to report some of that bullying. Um, one interesting thing that was a takeaway from this most recent research is one of the best bully, anti-bullying programs only can, if it's done correctly and everybody's on board and they're doing all the right things, it only decreases bullying by about 20%. And so I think that was a red flag to a lot of this research and initiatives because we really weren't being successful with the true bullying that was going on. And bullying is, you know, physical or mental harm that is significant, that's sort of preventing a child from accessing their education. So if they're being bullied so significantly that they're not going to school 
or if it's it's over a period of time. It's not sort of those peer relations that get a little ouchy every once in a while. Right, and, and then it's over. They work it out or whatever. Right, and there's yeah. usually a power struggle. You know, yeah. the person that's bullying is trying to exert some sort of power control over the other person. And do you think um, the the bully, you know, usually preys, uh, for lack of a better word, on a kid who is, you know, like like – quote unquote weak, you know what I mean? That kind of thing. Um, or because I also, you know, and a friend of mine will say this, um, has said this to me, uh, bullies often get bullied, bullied. That's so correct. it kind of is both, you know what I mean? So like maybe your kid is being bullied because they didn't do anything wrong. And this kid's just being a bully because they, they consider that kid weak, or maybe your kid's a bully. And so they're that's, being bullied. That's right. <laughs> I will say, unfortunately, there's a high predominance of bullying, against kids with autism, kids Mm with um, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, and other special needs students, as well as maybe some of those more shy children. Um, That's where, as a parent, you try to help build that confidence and sort of help them sort of be a self-advocate and yeah, say and, something. And, yeah, and build and build their own confidence. Right. And the other issue is a lot of you know, programs would just take the student out of the classroom. Oh, you're doing this behavior. We're going to isolate you over here in a, you know, in a suspension room or suspension. The, the, the bully. The so bully. Okay, just Which only out. escalates mm-hmm. that behavior. And then some schools were doing peer mediation. Like, so now the accused and the accuser are in a, in a room. <laughs> Sitting across from each other. Right? Yeah. That has also been found to increase the bullying. Mm. Um, because like you, this is your fault that I had to be right. in here and look what the, he made they tell their friends. You know, I had to sit in there with them because which is a payoff for the bully yeah. because now they can see now I have all this attention and yeah. um, typically bullies some, can sometimes feel isolated socially, mm-hmm. so it's their way of sort of fitting in. Um, so there's a new program that actually actually Canton City has implemented and it's a responsive classroom restorative justice, and so the the group the community sort of addresses different behaviors and different things. And so there's questions, there's a scripted questions that the students can ask and answer. And it's it helps each member of the community of the classroom feel that they're part of a community. So it kind of is pushing away that social isolation and letting them know you made a bad choice, but you're still part of our okay, community. You're still part of it. We want you to be part of our community. Maybe if you can Right. You and know, research is XYZ. saying that and Research is saying that that is definitely has some promising outcomes, more so than the peer mediation where it's sort of just the two of them head to head. Right. And then the one is probably feels intimidated, you know, and they may may not really right. be saying what the – yeah, so that I can see why that would have some – would get a little sticky. But I like that. So the bully then is is like you're still included. We still want you, you know, but you can't. You know, this is how our community works, though, kind and, of thing. And if there's a kid that's being targeted and it's assumed that it's bullying, I have seen it be very successful when they would say, so-and-so did this. He was being a bully. So we sit as a group, and sometimes I participate in those groups, and it's how did that make you feel? What do you think was happening? What do you think was being, you know, what do you think that person was thinking when they did that? And it's amazing to me to see how the peers would say, well, you know that student has autism. And and even mm-hmm. at a young grade, they're able to articulate what may or may not be a trigger and what may or may not had motivated that student to act in a certain, certain way. So it's very beneficial 
because they can see, okay, we're, we're, we're not being judgmental. We're saying this student benefits from having that understanding. And so it really helps them feel a part of that community. And um, it, it kind of squelches that bullying versus just having a behavioral reaction to something. Well, that's good. It sounds promising. Hopefully, yeah, <laughs> yes. we'll look at the research of this, right, you know, after that's, um, you know, been tried. But um, it, you just have to keep coming up with, you know, something's not working. Let's try something else. And really, like you said earlier, getting to the root of why is this child like this? Why would they act out in this way? You know, there's a reason. And there are risk factors. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe they're seeing sort of violence at home. Their um, lack of supervision is a big proponent because they're not feeling connected. If there's no one home that give them a sense of community at home, a lot of children will act out from that. Um, There could be other environmental factors happening at home that will also influence them wanting to act out and bully. What are some signs that maybe your kid, your child is being bullied? You know, because I've I've talked to some parents where they're like, gosh, this has been going on for a while and I really didn't know. You know, they kind of hid it from me because maybe sometimes they don't want their parents to know because they're embarrassed or they don't want the mom to call, you know, or or make a big scene. They think it's going to be worse or something. Um, And so they try to hide it. Right. And, And children will, especially boys, if they're being bullied, they're afraid that if they were to say something, they're afraid that there'll be an escalation, but they're also afraid that there'll be more restriction on their privileges and more monitoring by the you know by a parent when oh, they're trying okay. to build that sort of autonomy. Mm-hmm. Um, having those meetings, even just calling the counselor or the principal or whoever's in charge of the discipline in the school, saying, "Is there something I need to know about?" Not necessarily including the child at the time, but to me, anytime a, a child's grades change, sleep patterns change, okay. eating patterns change, withdrawing. Um, lack of interest in things that they loved before are all red flags to figure out what might be the cause of that, yeah, whether it's bullying right, or, or some other else. change. But mm-hmm. as a parent, we always want to make sure that when there are any changes that we're addressing, you know, and figuring out what might be causing and then really building those relationships at the school with the counselor and those staff members and trying to figure out what you can do from home yeah. and then in giving your child empowerment skills. What, you know, even role-playing. Okay, if somebody says this to you, what would be a good response? Right. And just I, practicing Yeah, that. I do that a lot with my kids, especially, you know, when they were younger, but not even just with bullying situations, but just in general, you know what I mean? Or right, just to kind of equip them a little, like, you know, if this may happen, you know, or if someone does that, or maybe they were worried about like, well, I don't, I think this person might be mad or whatever it was. And then go, okay, well, let's talk about it. Let's say she does say this, you know, what can you, how, what's your response going to be? What would you say? And then we talk about that. So I think anything like that you can do, um, just like you said, just to equip them going in when they're walking in the building, they kind of have some tools already, you know, to, to help if, if they can. Now, obviously some situations they cannot, you know, handle on their own. So it depends, right, the level of what may be going on. And you also hope that your child is the type of child that will elicit the help of their peers if they see something significant going on and reaching out. And so it's not just speaking up for themselves, but it's speaking up for others. Yes. Help. Right. That's right. Don't just look away or look the other way. Mm -hmm. And that's hard for kids, you know, at different ages because they don't want to like get involved or then they think I'm going to be the target um, and that kind of thing. But it doesn't matter, you know, kind of do the right thing and, and stick up, you know, for someone if they need your help. Right. Yeah. And that goes with that just being just have it, helping your child become 
you know, a happy, successful adult is self-advocacy, feeling that confidence, knowing their strengths, and helping them cope with, in the areas that do make them uncomfortable. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break. I'm here from our sponsor. We'll come back and continue talking um, with you about bullying. Hey, this is Miriam from Apparently Speaking. Join the Mazda family like I did at Montrose Mazda Kent. You'll love the selection of new and used cars and lease options. We are on our third car from Kent Mazda. We keep going back because of the ease of purchase, and it has been by far the best deal we could find each time. Montrose Mazda Kent, they go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at MazdaKent.com. Hey, and we are back with Jess Nagy, and we're talking about bullying, kind of went through a little research with us, some signs that your child may be being bullied. Um, Are there any signs that your child may be a bully? You know, like we focus on the other, but like, obviously, you know, you don't want your kid to be bullied, and there's a lot of focus on that, but then it's like, well, I don't want my kid being mean either. You know, are there some signs that they may be? If there's change in sort of friendship patterns, if they're, you know, maybe they stop being invited to different things. I think it's important, you know, as any parent to sort of be involved and sort of kind of do some on the sidelines observation Mm -hmm. of how are, how is my child interacting with the other kids, whether through sports or classroom or different activities, you know, how are they seen? How do kids seem to approach or um, interact with them? As an adult, we can see... If kids are shying away, yeah. you know, what can we do to help that child feel more socially connected? And it's, it's really a social isolation, socially connected um, is really the root of a lot of this. So the more they feel connected and find their niche, mm-hmm. maybe involved the in better. something so, that they can be involved in. Right. Like we, for my kids, we had a role. You had to pick a sport. We got to fencing with one of my children, mm-hmm. and he, you know, he felt a niche. He had a team. He really felt um, yeah, successful. He was included. He had right. that, yeah, something. That socialization and That's feeling good. like you're good at something. Right, so something, music, any kind of, there are so many different clubs at schools now, I know. You know, like so many different things. It doesn't, whatever, they find something that they're interested in. And like you said, yeah, it just gives them that sense of community. You know, they have kids that like similar things and... And yeah. it gives them healthy, especially at the junior high and high school level, mm-hmm. when they really are discovering who they are, making sure that the kids are involved in as many different activities and things. It will give them a sense of community. It will give them a support system, and it will help them learn healthy you know, power dynamics in groups and how does that look and how, would, how do you solve problems in a, in a nice conflict-free way. Right. What if you think your kid maybe is being bullied or is a bully, which either way, but you know, what are some do's and don'ts maybe for parents? Should the should the parent call the other parent? You know, that kind of thing, or should they just call the school? Like what do you what do you think about that? You know? I think it it's like with giving a parent any information about a child, even if they see that within their own child, a lot of times that almost makes the situation worse because no one wants to believe that their child does things that are unkind to another child. Right, and most parents are going to say, no, that didn't happen that way, or that was because your kid did X, Y, Z, or, you know, things like right. that. I think yeah. it's a bigger issue when you go to the parent. Having the school sort of play as a buffer, um, and if it continues to escalate, just being that parent that says, okay, I'm not seeing any changes. What What are you implementing as a classroom? What are you implementing as a school? And just keeping your ears open as to other parents that may be experiencing the same thing and sort of figuring out 
what has been successful and what can I do? And just always making sure that your child knows they're safe, they're protected. But at some point, they need to learn how to sort of navigate through, mm-hmm. you know, middle school and high school especially. There's a lot of social dynamics and, you know, the maturity and the independence and um, helping them have those skills. Right, right, right. And to, um, you know, like you said, you know, some kids, you know, we talked, you mentioned earlier, some of the kids maybe are special needs. That's a little different for what I'm going to say, but like maybe try to teach them, you know, not to be like the kind of vulnerable one and be, you know, with confidence, I think helps in situations like this. Um, not always, you know, it's sometimes some kid is picked, you know what I mean? Right. It's just, you can't help it. They did nothing. There's nothing that you did wrong as a parent. I mean, it's just for whatever reason, you know? Um, and sometimes it's picked out of jealousy or, you know, things like that. Um, That's correct. You know, so so it doesn't mean you did anything wrong, but just giving them those tools. Um, what about now, obviously today we have the whole thing with cyberbullying. So that brings a whole nother issue, I'm sure, into it. And Ohio law hasn't really caught up with including sort of cyber cyber bullying is sort of off campus bullying in okay. their in their definition. So you just have to be very, you know, just be that parent that is on the social media with them. I delayed that social media access and sort of said we're going to start with limited access. We're not going to utilize it as an identity. It's sort of an access point to communicate with some of your friends, but just focusing on that confidence and who do you want to be seen? How do you want people to identify with you? Do you want to be the person that's stirring the pot or do you want to be, you know, the person that's the positive support to your friends and and to your peers? Right. And so building that confidence too, I think, leads to not necessarily putting attention-seeking things on social media. Mm -hmm. And when you see that, identify what would – what would prompt you to put that on social media? With TikTok, there's ways as a parent to find that stuff, even if they don't tell you. Oh, and, right. And, For you know, sure. doing your own little research and seeing what are they putting on TikTok? What are they putting on Snapchat? And finding out from the other parents, hey, are you looking at any of this stuff? And they're really, until they graduate high school and become an adult, it really, you know, it, it really looks at the safety of them. Who are they communicating with? What types of attention-seeking things are they putting up there? Yeah, I agree. And I think that, you know, I think that's something that it's parents can try to remember that, you know, you're paying the bill, first of all, for the phone, most likely, you know, and, and, and so it's not that you're trying to be nosy, you know, and I tell my kids that it's not like I'm trying to be nosy and in your business, but you do need to check and be aware. Like if you can go, oh, I never check, you know, any of those things, you you might want to check that <laughs> and right. you might be surprised. And and hopefully you check it and you're like, everything's great. But and I tell my kids too, it's not even necessarily you, but I, I wanna protect you from other things that you know what I mean? It's, right. it's other Absolutely. people. I don't do I trust every no, I don't trust all you know what I mean? So um it's what other people maybe are presenting to you or saying. And so there are so many tools now for parents that make it easy. And someone can email me if they want me to tell you some of these, but that that make it easier where, because I know sometimes my parents like say, I don't, you know, I don't know all these different apps or Snapchat or TikTok. I don't know how to navigate them. And that's, you know, I get it, but there are a lot of tools now that will do it for you. And so you don't have to, and you don't have to like cover over your kid's phone either. 
where you can check in on these things and you do need to check in on those things and make sure. And especially, like you said, if you're seeing some of those signs, um, but also see what your kids are putting out there too. Because, you know, it may be where they're not purposely doing something, but it may be that they just, you know, they don't have the maturity and things like that yet. It's like, uh, that you really shouldn't post that. Or and, and they get like caught that. up in their peers. Yeah. But in, in the climate of cancel culture, what they put on today somehow will be saved and and presented at a later date for one thing. And the other thing, parents just say, I go through my child's phone. Well, the child probably knows that. Right. And so they (laughs) know how to create codes and delete. And when I'm talking about this, I really mean that. So you have to really go another step to see what's out there. And, you know, you can occasionally even look at some of their friends. What are they posting, like you said? What, what What is the peer group posting? Because you also want to see, is there bullying going right. on by some of their friends? And um, you, don't, you don't want them to get caught up into something that they can't sort of navigate out of without support. That's right. I had a girl on um, an episode a, a while ago, and she was bullied very, very badly. And most of it happened on social media. And, you know, it happened at school, but... I think the majority was social media and, you know, you can't get away from it. You know, you go to school, you you know, like everyone says you'd come home and that's the end of it until you saw the kid the next day. Well, now it's, and then it just can get shared and goes on and on to this huge snowball effect. And, um, you know, she, it was so bad, you know, she had to switch schools and it kind of started again a little bit and all this. And we talked about it and she said, I knew, you know, I, I said, you know, you knew when you would look at all this social media, when you would look at everything, it was going to be negative. It was going to be bad, right? And she said, yeah, I did. And I said, so, but you you, you kept looking at it, you know, and, instead of just, you know, not deleting them as friends or however it was, or just right. deleting the whole thing. And after a while, she did delete everything and then kind of started fresh later. But she said, yeah, I knew it was going to be really bad, uh, stuff that they were saying about me. She goes, but I, I just, I had, I had to look at it. And I was like, wow. You know, that was really powerful to me. I just remember that. Like, she knew it was going to be hurtful and super negative, but she just had to look at it. Right. It's the not knowing. But the second you see any type of that behavior happening, it's just like when two kids are having a moment and, you know, one child will say, he did it for no reason. You know, I'm sure we all have heard that as parents. He just did it for no reason. Well, he did do it for a reason, and that was the reaction that you're giving him. So the less reaction— the better off you're going to be in the long run because the payoff is being upset, being withdrawn, change in behavior that gives more power to the person seeking the power over you. So goes right back to the confidence and not needing to seek any attention in a way that can be turned around against a child. So uh, some tips, I think some parents like some really, you know, kind of specific takeaways. Um, You're saying, you know, as a parent, if you suspect something, Maybe go through the school avenue before maybe the other parent. Obviously, that would depend, like, if you have a relationship with someone or something, you know. But because you're saying that kind of, like, maybe escalates it a little more, you know, with the yes. other parents to so maybe go the school route. But they won't do anything, or or maybe I'm wrong, about the cyber part of it. Some schools some are will. more okay. active about addressing that. I've been in some districts where they're actually on those social media and sort of sort of monitoring the okay. kids that they know might be okay, targeting might be other issue. kids. Okay. And then some districts actually have sort of a bullying um, 
like a text, you text something to a certain number so it's anonymous and they can report different things that they're seeing as well. Um, so some schools are implementing that. I know some schools are, you know, they're, they're really looking at that social media and trying to nip it in the bud. And some are just so like maybe overwhelmed okay, right, right, or things. overwhelmed with other needs in the building that mm-hmm. they're, that's outside of school. Right. Our district policy is, um, you know, whatever that district is, that they may not be able to have a lot of control over what happening, what's happening outside of the school. Right. And that's a lot to manage, too. Like, that can be – that's hard. So, right, depending on what the school policy is on that. But um, – and so confidence, you mentioned, you know, just trying to instill confidence in your child from the beginning um, and and making sure they, they have that voice, right, so they feel like they can st- stick up for themselves. doesn't mean in a physical way, but – Right, right. And, you know, I had a child that said, I think they're making fun of me. I think they're teasing me. And I'm thinking that's possibly it's coming from their own element of insecurity. And they're they're really reading the situation wrong because it's coming from insecurity. Mm -hmm. So building up that confidence of it doesn't matter what, you know, what matters is, is how you see yourself Mm -hmm. and how the, you know, the people in your family see you not what that stranger in the yeah. in the hall thinks of you. So and again like what you said earlier kind of going through a scenario, you know, first of all I would say well don't jump to the most negative conclusion right away because maybe they were but maybe they weren't. You know what I mean? Right. Maybe they were talking about something else or maybe they were saying something about you but it wasn't negative. You know, but if they were then let's go with that and so what what can you do? How does that affect you? And those are a couple kids. You know, I try to get my kids to like think like Think of all the kids in the school. So we're talking about a couple kids. Because, you know, in your right. mind, it's really twenty percent of kids are yeah. bullying. Right. So it's a small amount. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But even if like someone is doing that to you or like th- that person like that child you right. mentioned, you know, they're talking about me making fun of me. Okay, let's say they are. It's a couple kids compared to all these other kids who are not. So Absolutely. you know, like you change your mindset a little bit and focus on those kids who are not doing that. And, and you to, probably you know, can tell when you when you see your child, they're coming in the, and everything is so-and-so did this and I yeah. didn't get picked for that. So what I did with my own child was before they could tell me all that stuff, but the first thing they had to do was tell me three positives. Yeah, I like so that. they were looking for the positives of the day. And they would say, nothing happened good. Right. And I would Recess. say, did you get the cookie you wanted at recess? <laughs> yeah. You know, lunch. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, as she has matured, she's now in high school, she... You throws it right back at me. What are your positives? Yeah. So being that model, that model to your child, and helping them identify within themselves their own strengths, you know, and practicing that role play. When you practice something and you're saying it, when you're in the heat of the moment, your muscle memory is going to just reflects back to what you have practiced. So they're not caught into an awkward, deer in the headlights, what do I say? You know, you've yeah, already prepared them what's good. the appropriate response and how to handle that. Because it will, unfortunately, probably happen at some point, sure. whether as a young child, high school, or even into adulthood. Right, as an adult, right. And let your kids know, hey, some people are jerks. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so even as adults, you know what I mean? Some people are mean like that. So how do we go about it? You may work with someone who is like that. You know, they're super mean to you as an adult, which is, yeah, it's weird, but it happens. But even as my, like my own daughter's had her own experiences and so also saying, you know, so-and-so was mean – 
what's going on with that person at home? What, yeah. what trying to help my daughter see that everyone has a story, everyone has a struggle, and some struggles may, may seem bigger for some kids than other kids, but for them, it's relatively a struggle. Right. So just knowing every single person has a story, mm-hmm. and just because they're mean in a moment doesn't mean they're a mean person. They made a they made a bad choice by being mean, but maybe there's something else going right. on. Right. I do try to say that to my kids. Like, you know, my daughter, my youngest will say, you know, that so-and-so is always mean, whatever. And I'm like, it's not an excuse and he shouldn't be that way, but you don't know what is going on when he gets home or things like that, that person's home life. So it's not an excuse. And, you know, you have to make sure they understand, like, the limit, you know, they can't right. just, but I'm also like, like you said, and I do the same thing. Tell me um, a great thing that happened today and it can't be, you know, no, my son, right. he's older now. It can't be, you know, getting on the bus to come home. <laughs> right. It can't be, you know, all these kind of things. And that's a really good cover for one, it because you can get caught up in the negative. So it's like, yeah, this or this, or oh, I have it. And it's like, no, 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 give me something great. And then you can spark some conversation about that. Or, you know, hey, maybe that kid who you think is being mean or whatever, try just kind of being friendly a little bit. Kill him with kindness. See if that works. Maybe it won't. But you can talk about that. Did that work? How did they respond to it? And then, you know, always, of course, just try to avoid, stay away from the you know, don't acknowledge. Don't, right. Don't, and taking the high road. Yeah, exactly. You know, my my daughter actually just got a positive from from a peer that she's been going to school with since kindergarten that recognized within himself that maybe he wasn't as kind to his oh, peers and reached out and said, you know, I probably wasn't the nicest to you during this whatever grade. And I just want to apologize. Now, I understand that that's a rare occurrence. Yeah, but that's by great. Her He's like being, going through some 12-step program. I'm just kidding. Right. So, no, so, but I'm right. glad. But I'm the glad fact that, that she always... <laughs> Treated him, yeah. no matter what his response to her was, was, you know, she sort of turned the other cheek and mm. sort of didn't give the payoff to it. I feel like, you know, that, that was, was a good, powerful to that him. was a powerful yeah. for her yeah, to see, for her. okay, I, I see that me, you know, not retaliating and not fighting back at him. He eventually matured to a point where he was able to articulate that he could reflect and see that he didn't make the best choices. That's great. I'm really glad that happened to her because that not that that he wasn't nice, but that he did that. Um, because, like you said, it just showed her that first of all, who knows what he was going through doesn't mean she should put up with. That's the thing too. I don't right. want to put out like, oh, just put up with and it we because pursued, you don't know. We yeah. pursued, you know, as a school psychologist, you know, yeah. people do look to me and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. "Do you think there's a situation here?" And I did have conversations with Good. with the counselor and said. You know, we need to maybe consider doing some some peer, you know, peer groups or, you know, what can we get him involved with? What supports can we provide him and the family? And, you know, eventually I think those things, you know, were probably put in place at a different time. But I, my daughter saw that, you know, we need to show empathy to someone that's mean because we don't know what's going on with them. But we also need to see what we can do to support Someone that is clearly in, you know, mm-hmm. in that a situation. A lot of maturity on her part. And I bet you he's not calling a bunch of people. Right. She stood out to him because of how she reacted to it. Right. Him. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's great. And that shows that reflects on you um, as well. So that was, that's good. I'm not saying she's always perfect. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, any kind of before we go, like last minute, anything you else you wanted to say or last minute kind of advice for parents on this topic? So stopbullying.gov okay. is the initiative from the Centers of Disease Control where um, Dorothy S. Blage is a proponent of all of the positive anti-bullying initiatives. She does immense research. She's 
part of that that initiative. That's a great resource. It's a great resource for parents, educators. Um, it's there's little like lessons you can take. Um, the Ohio Department of Education has really good resources and definitions and um, links to different things that a parent you know can pursue. And then the National Association of School Psychologists, so it's NASPonline.org, does an amazing job of providing parents and educators resources on a variety of concerns that they may have. Okay, so those are great um, options for parents, great resources to look, and I'm sure there are a lot of things you can read and print out and, you know, things like that, tools for your kids. So that would be a great place to start if you think there's an issue. Um, And then, obviously, check with your school, the counselors, psychologists at school, and talk to them. And even before that, just trying to instill that confidence and that's right. It's <laughs> a place of community too. Like you said, get your kids involved in something um, so that they have that community. That's right. That sense yeah. of belonging. We we mm-hmm. all benefit from that sense of belonging. That's true. Thank you so much, Jess. I think you gave us some great information, great tips, great advice. Um, and hopefully, you know, this will be you'll see this decreasing. You know, <laughs> right. as different, different programs and, and and some, you know, tools for parents and kids um as you keep developing different things. So hopefully, yeah, that is the hope. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. And if anyone wants to reach out to me, they can always call 330. 330- Two four five eight six zero three, or reach me by email jnagysp at gmail.com perfect do that yep because you're willing to help and you do have independent um, right. you know practice where you can help individuals as well thank you so All much right, thank you this episode is sponsored by Montrose Mazda Kent they go around the world for you before you look call or stop in and talk to Jeremy find out more at mazdakent.com Thank you for listening to Apparently Speaking. Listen and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and iHeartRadio. Find the podcast and much more at northeastohioparent.com. Like Apparently Speaking on Facebook and email me at podcast at northeastohioparent.com.